Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, Eric. I'm Mark. Thank you for... <laughs> One out of five actually proper introductions isn't bad. Yeah. It's the best I can do. 20% success rate for you is not <laughs> is not bad at all, mm-hmm. I think. Um, welcome to a, uh, another episode of Lorehammer Lockdown. Mm-hmm. We've been pumping this out faster than a ba- rabbit has babies. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've been working on that one for a while. Now. <laughs> uh-huh. How do you think it went? Well, well, (laughs) excellent. No complaints on my end. Excellent. Uh, Joining us today is uh, another remote person. What better time Mm -hmm. to entertain the notion that we might at some point have remote people on than a a time where we can't see people? Yeah. Right? So So with that, introducing, you know him. You've heard of him. (laughs) You love him? Maybe? Hopefully. Woody. Hey, everyone. So you can't see it, but my arms are up in the air like like a champion. That's right. In, oh, my, yeah. in my head, there's some gladiatorial arena music going on. Freddie Mercury <laughs> is singing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> People always joke that Maru on our Discord is our is the Lorehammer mascot, but it's actually you, Woody. You've been well, around longer, you've done more for us. You're just not as cute as a meerkat. <laughs> I'm not even upset by that. <laughs> Maru! We we didn't mean it. <laughs> Come back. I'm sorry. So we're doing another, um, we're streaming live on Instagram live right now. So there will be some questions that pop up while we're just doing this episode. For example, this one, are you and Eric six feet apart? To that, I reply, yes. almost never. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah they, see, Canada goes by the metric system. So six something. Yeah, they're fine. Six centimeters. Sure, sure I'll take it. Take what I can get. I don't want it, but I'll take it. But uh, yeah, so this episode, we're uh, just going to talk to Woody. We got a couple of conversation parts. I think it's going to be very, uh, a lot of like, what if this happened? Well, what if this happened? Well, how about that? Did you think of this? Mm, Very speculative. Yeah. I'm okay with that. My goal is to upset a lot of people. (laughs) You know, it's not hard on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So, Woody, for those of you who don't know, I think you were like one of the very first people that ever messaged Lorehammer. You were definitely very, very, very first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember that. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I remember that. I was on my way. I've been listening to you guys for a while. I think I found you on Reddit or something. I don't remember. And I was on my way from North Dakota to Maryland. So it's like a 27 hour drive or something like that. And I was like, I don't normally do this, but I got I got a bone to pick with you guys because you, <laughs> you just talked about like 
I, Mark had said something like, oh, you know, talking about the Beast series or something. And, oh, there was no huge outcome. The whole series was pointless. And I was like, <laughs> uh, excuse me, they wiped out an entire you know chapter. And you're like, yeah, but did they, though? And I, <laughs> I, I wrote out this huge, long email about it. And I, I hit send. And I was like, yeah, they probably won't say anything. And, yeah, you guys did. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, but here's why we thought this. And uh, you may not know about this about me, but I'm incredibly loyal. If you reach back to me, I'm like, I love you forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, you're you're one of the few people. I, I have like three people that I talk to on like a fairly consistent basis, and you're one of them. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, am I in that? No. Damn. Consistent. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Woody seems like a much nicer person than I am. <laughs> well... That's not true, but you know that uh, nobody needs to know that I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> we just got ads, asked a question: Will you ever have a guest on the show? <laughs> I felt that one was particularly worth uh, answering. <laughs> uh, what do you, What do you think? No. <laughs> yeah, that's a very strong no Hard coming from no. me. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, Woody, what do you um what? Were you in 40k before you discovered Lorehammer, or yes, kind of just getting? Um, I so it's a weird story, but yeah, I had been in 40k the like lore wise for a couple years, and then hobby wise, I think for like a year when okay. I finally found you guys. Okay, so you definitely had a good enough understanding. So what what exactly? do you like about 40k like what brought you in what kept you interested so what brought me in is a long time ago so like 2007 uh, a bookstore in my hometown was closing so they had everything crazy on sale and i absolutely judge books by covers if your cover doesn't look cool i'm not going to read your book Ooh. plain and simple sorry <laughs> um so, so I then saw you won't like my personal memoir book then well, if your face is on it, that's okay. It's not a, It's not his face. It's just a picture of of a thumbs up. <laughs> like how I made it by, by Mark. Then yeah, I, I won't. I won't read that. I'll be like <laughs> garbage. Uh, but I found I found a book for forty cents, and it had a picture of uh, it's it's a Gaunt's ghost book. I'll just throw that out. But the picture is like two dudes running away from an explosion, and I was like. Yeah, you know, this looks pretty cool. And it's 40 cents. So I bought it <laughs> and I started to read it. Um, not realizing it was like the ninth book of the series. Um, so that kind of got me hooked. And then from there, I was just like, oh, you know, what is this Warhammer 40K? And then from there, I discovered the games and then more books and then a long time down the road, the models. It, it must have been very misleading. Like, oh, Warhammer's so cheap. Only 40 cents for a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go to buy your first miniature and you're like, oh, you add two zeros onto that number. Well, the miniature came like 11 years later. And I the first miniature I bought was the, remember the old like $15 Space Marine packs? It just comes with three generic Space Marines. <laughs> yeah, sure. I bought those because I was like, I like to make models. Cool, I'll, I'll build these Marines. And I painted it and I... It was garbage. I was using the wrong paints and everything. Um, yeah. And then a year after that, I pulled the trigger and bought a start collecting box and 
have been dumping my money ever since. <laughs> so are you are you primarily Space Marines then? Uh, yeah, um, because that's what I have the most of. But I also, um, so m my army choices are heavily influenced by what I'm currently reading. So sure. I started reading Tau, so I bought the Tau Start Collecting Box, and then I started reading Death Watch, so I bought the Death Watch Start Collecting <laughs> Box. <laughs> so you are literally the perfect uh, customer for Games Workshop? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I read the uh, some Mechanicus book, and I was like, mm, I need to go buy these. So then I bought the Kill Team Box. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> yeah, why not? So... You're one of the few people I know that's actually read like all of Gaunt's Ghosts. How many how many books is that? It's like 13 or something. I think it's like wow. 13 or 14 right now. <laughs> yeah, I I love those books. Um I love the author uh so much that I again because I'm super faithful, I I reached out to him and he emailed me back, so I really? love him forever now. Yeah, I um I found some uh old blog page that he had and he uh was just talking to like a chat group and he's like yeah you know if you guys have any questions email me so i did i was like hey you know i really love your books they helped me through kind of a weird time um you know why did you do this and this and this and again kind of like with you guys i was like ah he'll never respond to me <laughs> dude sent me an email like the next day he's like oh hey man thanks so much for reading my book you know so this cool. is why i did this and i was like you're my favorite. Will you please sign this book? So I mailed him that first book that I bought. Really? And yeah. And he sent it back. And uh, on the front page, you know, to Woodrow, he crossed out his name. He wrote the emperor protects and they signed it. And, uh, that is so cool. Me, yeah, yeah. He sent me a little Tanith first and only keychain, like their um, emblem. Okay. And ever since then I was like, this, this is awesome. And then fast forward a couple of years and the, two omnibuses omnibuses anyway omnibuy yeah uh i had those and he was like going through his collection or whatever and he reached out to a bunch of people and i reached out back out to him and i now own his personal library collection of the first two hardcover omnibus omnibuys <laughs> that uh, that is very cool yeah, it's pretty neat. It's stamped, you know, personal library of Dan Abnett. That's crazy. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed about 40K or most people in it. Like everyone, we all just want to talk 40K with each other. <laughs> that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. It's all just like this crazy yeah. author who isn't even just known for doing 40K stuff still just wants to talk 40K with you. you know? <laughs> yeah. And he, he got into it too. I was like, hey, man, why? I emailed him again after reading his books. And keep in mind, these books have been out forever. Yeah, And so I'm emailing him about something he wrote 15 years ago. I'm like, why did you kill this guy? And he's like, man, <laughs> imagine how I felt killing him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're right. My bad. <laughs> so what about the Gaunt's Ghost? Like, I haven't read any of them. What do you like about them? What, what draws you in? Why is it such an amazing story? Because it seems um, to be genuinely loved by most 40K people. I hear it very repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, so, well... Probably overall for like the majority of people is it's I think it's one of the longest running 
Imperial Guard series like that focuses on one thing. It isn't just a collection of stories. Yeah. But but then also um, I like it because, um, you know, A, it was my first 40K book ever. So it's kind of got that special place in my heart for that. Um, I like the way that the Tanith first and only, I like the way they fight. I've always been like the kind of let's, let's go stealthy. Like in Skyrim, I'm the stealthy archer. You know, I, <laughs> I like the, the sneaky run up and, you know, stab him in the back. Um, I like that they're kind of the outcasts of the Imperial guard. Um, cause they, they're a brand new regiment, right? They don't have any yeah. history and they're fighting alongside of people that have these, you know, millennia of histories and everyone's just kind of like, Oh, look at these guys. You know, they don't have nice, crisp, pristine uniforms. They have, you know, their sleeves are cut off. They've got tattoos everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I picture them as the 40 K Scots, um, like in, uh, Braveheart. Uh, so, so, so I kind of, I kind of like that. And that kind of also goes into my current job. I'm kind of that like outside and you know, I'm not the cleanest in my job or whatever could, you know, my career field. So I like that. Like I said, I like that they're the sneaky boys. Um, yeah. and Gaunt himself is, is really intriguing to me because he's a Colonel and he's a commissar. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so, very rare. Like he might be the only one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of them, and, and you run into them uh, in the in the series. Like there's a, a general commissar, and and I think it's cool how it's written that he he cares about these guys, and that's another thing. And I know a lot of people don't like this about 40k because it's not grimdark, but I like that he cares about his people. Um, and you know he he's not just like oh, a hundred of you go over there and die, whatever. Yeah, um, but everyone else is trying to do that to him, and he's <laughs> overcoming things. I, I like that. It's it's yeah. Like okay. even even though forty k is a grim dark setting, without rays of hope in it, it wouldn't be enjoyable. Like if it was yeah. grim dark all the time, like it it would be a little much. Yeah, that that's so, one of the best things about forty k is it's so absolutely depressing and terrible. That anytime a little person offers like some like I'm actually a good person. Oh, this guy didn't just shoot me. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my god, like wow. what an amazing person they are. <laughs> yeah. But it it's because I've read some 40k stories that are like, oh, you know, the roses are red and everything's good, and all these guys are, you know, and you're just like, that's just not believable. I like that that uh the Gaunt's ghost, it's it's a ray of hope, but then every time you're like Oh man, their their life's pretty good. It gets slapped back down, yeah. and you know it's about a fifty fifty spread of it's the bad guys beating them down and it's the Imperium beating them down. Yeah, like from from what I know about the series, like you can't get attached to any character except for Gaunt. Yeah, lots of characters die in that book. Lots of like real like you email the guy and you're like, why did you kill him? Oh my god, it's yeah, and I've never been so. I've never hated an imaginary character as much as some of the characters he's made in his books <laughs> to where like, I'm literally, as I'm reading about, you know, the scene or whatever, it's like stressing me out. <laughs> sure. You hate him so much. You're stressed. <laughs> I absolutely. And then you're just like, there's been a couple times in the series where I've had to like put the book down and like go for a walk just cause I'm like, <laughs> I, I it's it sucks me in it's it's such it's so well written um dan abnett is a is a great author um 
and and another thing that I like about it, and this is more speaking to him as an author than the series is, you know, you, you write 14 books over 20 plus years, you're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. Um, and instead of being like, oops, I made a mistake and then pressing on like it never happened, he actually turned it into a plot point of the story. Okay. Um, so spoilers if you haven't read this 20 year old book, but <laughs> I uh, have not, Woody. <laughs> so, well, we only I, learned about Ward 40k 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, God. But he, the, a character that you meet in the series, pretty midway in the series has a has two sons and then like three or four books later he has a son and a daughter and everyone's like wait a minute that no (laughs) and then like uh in his last couple books he writes the character as like you know like he's he's going through some weird stressful things and he's like oh no i i didn't have a daughter what what am i doing and he writes it as a as a really really interesting plot point that this this guy starts to remember that no i i had two sons like what who are you who's his daughter that is actually very cool that's interesting yeah and i won't say any more but it because that the book where like that whole plot line ties up is it's it's really well written and it but it's a fairly new book so hmm. i don't want to ruin it so that is your favorite i mean you have a, a connection with the author which is cool in and of itself but that is also just your favorite series in 40k uh yeah so what if you had to sum up like uh because it's tanith tanith first and only what would yes. be what makes them different than any other guard regiment? You're kind of saying they're stealthy, but like other yeah. guard regiments can be stealthy. So what is the one thing that's like really uniquely them? Um, so the Tanith first and only, and we're gonna run into this with Kadia pretty soon. Um, they're all that's left of the Tanith. Um, their planet was destroyed. And of the three regiments that were supposed to be mustered, the that one was the the first was the only one that um, made it out. Yeah. So there's a finite amount of Tanith guardsmen. Sure. And one of the um, like you know every guard regiment has their characteristics. So the characteristics of the Tanith are yep they're super they're super stealthy which a lot of them are but they um they make really really good scouts because it is impossible unless there's like warp magic messing that it's impossible for them to get lost because and that they don't flesh this out very well but the trees on tanith move okay so like you know when they're out hunting and and you know stalking and all that they have to have this crazy sense of direction and where they are because the trees move so you can't trust the trees sure uh, which which makes them really really good at trench warfare tunnel warfare makes some really really good scouts um yeah almost and, almost like there's something like genetic in that planet in all yeah. of them because like you do meet people like my wife is directionally impaired as all can be but me you toss me anywhere I'll, I'll find my way home well as long as you can smell plastic i'll find <laughs> yeah but like there are some people like that are like legitimately like don't know directions or like where they are so yeah that's kind of cool like it's cool that they don't come out and say that, but it kind of lets you like think, oh yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, they've they've snuck up on everyone. They've snuck up on like word bearers. Um, I think 
uh what's that um it's like a dark eldar assassin uh, uh helldrake mandrake uh um, mandrake yeah yeah so um one of the the top scouts scout sergeant his name is mccall uh he outstealths a mandrake and it's it's a really it's like a very gung-ho action scene but <laughs> like the mandrake is like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get him and he like stabs into the because they all wear their camo cloaks he stabs yeah. into this camo cloak and then he's like what and he turns around and the scout sergeant's right there and he's like yeah you're all right at stealth and then just point blanks him in the face <laughs> yeah yeah, like so, some of the scenes are a, a little over the top, but that's also kind of endearing sometimes. Like I know yeah. a couple of times like uh, some guardsmen beat Chaos Space Marines in close combat, but at the same time, it's kind of like, ah, you know what? It's it's the whole it's the whole thing about like how one in a million happens nine out of ten times. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. this thing, it's totally possible it would happen. It's not probable. But yeah. because we're reading about it, it just like we're just happening to see this instance. Like, yeah. so yeah, like as much as I don't enjoy hearing about how, let me tell uh, you a different story. Let me, let me, no, 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 no. The <laughs> guardsman died before this one incident happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this was really. I don't know. I like viewing that more as a accident, as much as yeah. an intentional thing, or like he just got lucky. But yeah. I'm sure, like I, I'm not also as attached to this series as you are. So, <laughs> well, and they don't—they only fight Space Marines like twice. And I mean, Space Marines only show up maybe four or five times in the whole series. Um, yes, yeah, that's good, actually. It's very guard focused. Um, and I think, and another thing I like, um, is that it shows just how badly the Space Marines are doing. Because I think this takes place in like seven twenty. M forty, so okay. it's it's not close to you know the Thirteenth Crusader all that. But at one point, um, they're talking to these three Space Marines from three different chapters, and they're on like their battle barge, and the the Iron Snakes, which is one of Dan Abnett's chapters, is like, yeah, man, look at this, look at this space hold. Back in the day, this would have been filled with Space Marines. You know, Space Marines are dying, and you're like. Oh, okay. So I, I like that too because you know it, it's not bolter porn. You know, it's like oh, the Space Marines aren't actually doing as well as what they're in other series written to be doing. Like the yeah. Space Marine is lamenting basically that we're a dying breed. It's up to you guys to you yeah. know, carry on the Emperor's light. That is one thing. Like I, I we get messages all the time. Like why don't we talk about Space Marines? Why don't we? And I always respond like. Yeah, they're not that big a part of a setting. It's, they're one of the coolest things in the setting. They're one of the coolest things, but there's only yeah. a million of them. There's not that. Yeah. They're not very popular like, in the setting. Yeah, and you know, sure, lots of battles like revolve around them, but you know, billions revolve around guardsmen. They're the ones doing actually all the heavy lifting. Yeah, and and I think it's more impressive when a guardsman does something crazy because you're like, okay, well, a space marine is literally bred to do that whereas a guardsman is just us like okay yeah. well I, I guess i'll take this laser pointer and go take this hill <laughs> might as well <laughs> got nothing better to do yeah if you, if you had like one pet peeve maybe other people don't have pet peeves the same way i do <laughs> what would be one thing you dislike about gaunt's ghost um short <laughs> not enough books <laughs> 
Uh, no, no, that's not it. Um, honestly, the biggest pet peeve I have, but I understand why he did it, was he, uh, they eventually, um, they got issues, this edict or whatever, to start taking in other, um, people like to okay. new recruits basically sure so the tanith first and only are now it's like tanith and belladon and some other planet that i can't remember so yeah it, it, so it's no longer like so now they're all tanith but they're really not and it kind of takes a little bit away from the hey this is it because yeah. up to that point hey when person a died that they're gone there is no like that named character is now dead oh There's now this one's dead too yeah but now it's kind of like oh well we have these guys yeah and mm. so yeah. that's kind of that's kind of where it's like eh, i don't really like that because i'm a big fan of sure. um like f- not failing but like hey this is this has to end and i don't like how i don't like the, the magic bullet of oh boom now we have more guys and now i'm starting to see the problem with primaris <laughs> uh, no that, Talk that's myself right out of that one yeah no that's <laughs> yeah like it you've grown to love the characters and you feel the loss when they die but now it's just not quite as impactful well i don't know i think you can view that the other way as well like it was a, it's a thing of necessity then like if gaunt is making that decision to allow other people in he's, he's not doing it because he's like oh i'm really happy to do this sure. like i'm sure yeah. that we also we have the perspective of oh it's a dilution of what you were yeah to assume that that person also doesn't share that perspective yeah like they might yeah be, they might be just as crushed yeah at what they're doing right yeah. and but they're just like man this is just such a necessity for what I have to do like what am I willing to give up for something greater than how I feel in the moment you know yeah so yeah. Do, do they actually call them like Tanith like the ones that the they the new ones do they still call them tanith or is it just like um so it's actually that's that's a pretty big um issue with within the because to eric's point of he with gaunt being like eh i don't really eh, it it shows or it's written that he like he favors the original tanith of course Um, yeah and it's and people are like like his his other commissars are like hey you need to treat these guys just the same because you know I, without giving too much away there's like a courts martial happening and yeah. the guys are like uh Gaunt is like oh yeah he's guilty f him whatever i don't care and everyone's like hey you're only saying that because he's not a man of tanith uh and then like it's a it's like a whole couple chapters of Gaunt being like oh shit you're right i got to treat them equally Okay. Um, but yeah, so eventually they all merge into like uh, they're not true Tanith, but it's the Tanith, you know. Yeah. And then okay. Um, so like their battle cry is still, you know, men of Tanith. Do you want to live forever? It's not like men of Tanith and Tanith Belladon and you other guys and sure. No, it's men of Tanith and friends. <laughs> cool. All, all of you at everyone. Do you want to live forever? <laughs> Anything else you want to share about Gaunt's Ghost specifically? Um, read the books if you haven't. If, if you're interested in Guard at all and want a story that's going to take you a long time to read, <laughs> do, pick it up. Do you have a favorite 
book in that series? Um, well, it's kind of hard because I, I have the Omnibuy, so I don't actually get like the... Uh, actually, you know what? Um, damn, I can't think of the name, but yeah, it's they assault a spaceport. Okay. Hmm. Um, and that's they assault a spaceport. It's a it's a suicide mission. Um, it's the one where Gaunt has the three space marines with him, and I like it because it's it's a suicide mission that they're not coming back from, and so it, it shows that really well. Um, it shows uh, it, it, there's a lot of different personalities. It it shows a lot of the really good infighting between the guard leadership. Like, oh no, we're gonna have the honor of the first assault. Well, I don't think you should because okay, well you and your your ruffians can stay in the back. I'm gonna, and then you're like, oh, that doesn't end well. And then it also shows just how badass a space marine is because like the one's got a boarding shield. And he's like, don't <laughs> worry, I'll take all hundred of these guys. Um, <laughs> but it's subtle enough that you're not like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to think of what that one is called. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> um, How many minutes can we fill of just us trying to find this book? <laughs> Probably quite a few. Yeah, I can't find it. I, I googled Tanith assaults a spaceport, but all I'm getting is just um, yeah. imaging. But yeah, anyways. Um, so next thing we know you really like is Ultramarines. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're a fanboy, and that's a very controversial opinion for some reason in 40K. Well, yeah, well, people are dumb. People are dumb. I've said it many times. Wait, don't you hate... Ultramarine fanboys? Oh, I hate the fanboys. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yes, yes. So when, you, you said like, oh, apparently that's a controversial thing. What you should have said was, uh-huh. and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, See, the key is you got to cement the friendship and then just kind of slide it in. Like, oh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you build a relationship first. Like, if they yeah. find out you're a serial killer a halfway into the friendship, it's fine. Ah, yeah, right. You can't like, leave uh, with, "Hey, also, by the way, <laughs> I kill people and take their ears." Yeah, right. Oddly, strategy. <laughs> uh, so, what do you uh, like about the Ultramarines? Oh, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt really quick. Yeah, uh, someone said <laughs> Salvation Reach. Is that the thank right? Thank you. Book? Yes, Salvation's Reach, because that's uh, the name of the station. Yes, thank you very much, kind person. Thank you, T M Cox, nineteen eighty seven. Gotta love technology. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Ultramarines. Um, there's a lot that I liked about Ultramarines. It was the first Space Marine books that I read after I was kind of like like I know what 40k is now because the first actual space marine books I read was uh, blood angels, but I didn't really know what I was reading. Sure. Um, I read the Uriel Uriel Ventress books. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like and, another really beloved series. Yeah. Uh, and it's because a lot of, so I hear a lot of the issues that people have with ultramarines is um, pure unadulterated jealousy, but then also <laughs> like, they, they, you know, they're vanilla Marines. Um, which I, you know, I can kind of see cause they don't have any one really specific area they excel at. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I like the, those books because Uriel Ventress is, he's not a drone. Yeah. Um, 
he actually gets in trouble for using his head and he's like, well, I know this isn't strictly codex compliant, but <laughs> I'm going to do this. You guys talked about it on one of your episodes where he like suits up with the death watch and assaults a Tyranid bio ship or something. Yeah. Um, so I like that, but also I like him because um, he's not like I'm the best at X. Like you've got yeah. Kato Sicarius, who's he, I'm the best swordsman. You've got uh, he Scout is. Sergeant. I love Kato Sicarius memes. <laughs> I mean, he, that's yeah, one of the best he, memes. He he is a he is a great meme, but I like that Ventress. He's, he's not like, oh, I'm the greatest at this. Like he has to have people around him that are experts at what they do that make him better. And at, at one point in the story, his command squad he he fills it out with people that you know they shore up his weaknesses and i like that because it's i've never liked the idea of oh i'm one person and i'm gonna be the best at this and i'm gonna kill you all because it's always written to where like whenever i read about kato sicarius you know oh i'm gonna murder all hundred of these people with my sword i'm like (laughs) did did none of you try to shoot him (laughs) that's right all right guys let's just wait wait in line for him oh it's my turn now it's i liked it (laughs) It's Kato Sicarius. Whatever he says is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, I like the Ventress. He, he's kind of, he's not the greatest at basically anything. He's just, he's like, he's an average skill captain, which is still saying a lot because he's a captain. Yeah. But his, his strength is his head and his ability to say like, hey, I know the codex doesn't strictly say we should do this, but I'm going to do it. And that's what gets him. That's, that's what like, wins him the the situation um and it's also what got him in trouble um Hmm. do do we know if he's still around in 40k now so if you follow me on the discord someone was asking about uh books to read and i mentioned ultramarines and he brought up uh it's a short story in the black library um anniversary day whatever they do every year 2019 i believe okay um and, and the short story is called death of uriel ventress uriel ventress which Ooh. part of me doesn't believe it's canon but i refuse to look it up because if he is i'll be crushed but he brought <laughs> like that's like uh uh, a misleading title. Like yeah, really, his innocence died, or something yeah. like that. No, no. I, I he apparently because I've I've read the synopsis of the book, and, and he does die in oh, the book. Crazy. Um, well, in the short story, I should say. But I feel bad for the guy because he was just asking for advice, and I was like, "You're dead to me." <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, "What did I do?" I was like, "No, I'm just kidding." But so, as of the Dark Imperium, he was still alive. Okay, um, and there hasn't been. With the exception of that short story, there hasn't been anything else written about him. But in the newest codex, I believe he's still labeled as the fourth company captain. Interesting. Okay, so the author of Death of Ventress was Graham McNeil, which is like one of the he's big, pretty well known. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it was in 2018. I'd say that's pretty canon, but it's nice to to hold out hope. It's nice to convince yourself that. Uh, <clears throat> your head cannon is more important than real cannon. Yeah, but then I keep looking at other things, and yeah, it's like the current. Who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah, but but the, Ventress can't be the only thing that you love about Ultramarines. No, definitely not. Um, I like that. Um, and this is this is a personal thing for me. Um, has nothing to do with 40k. So I'm in the military. I'm in the Air Force. Um, and I joined the military 
because I was like, oh, you know, a sense of honor and duty and commitment and all that. Um, and then I got in and I was like, oh, this is <laughs> not at all. Like, <laughs> you, you, you have those moments. U.S. military? No, oh, Jesus, don't, don't even. <laughs> and so, but don't get me wrong. It, it's great. You have those moments that you're like, God, I'm so proud of what I did or whatever. But it goes back to no one ever tells you the, the bad things that happen, right? So I grew up, my family's a military family. I grew up hearing all these stories, right? Yeah. No one, no one ever talks about the bad stuff. Uh, but anyway, so I really like the, the sense of honor and duty that the ultramarines have. Um, that's one thing that I can kind of connect with them on a personal level with uh, as much as you can connect with a fictional chapter of space Marines. But um, I, I really like that about them. I like that for better or worse, they try to do right by the people and their moral code. Uh, you know, cause there's those like the flesh tears are like, oh, I don't care. I just want to kill people or, you know, any, any number of chapters that's like, they have this, whatever yeah um i, I like that uh-huh. i like that they don't have that um i just i love i love how you're describing like any other chapter whatever i don't care <laughs> there's his i don't mine is cool I don't, I don't care no i i know that there's other chapters like that like uh uh like the salamanders no apparently. of course of course uh, yeah. but i i like the ultramarines um and there's also a little a little strategic thinking in there. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Ultramarines, so I don't ever have to wait for releases. I don't ever have to beg for, <laughs> oh my God, please release this. I hope I'm just like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, like, oh hey, whose Primark is back and whose isn't? Ruggledorn's <laughs> coming back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my have you seen uh the there's a like a a custom sculpt someone did of him like Hey, this is what we want him to be come back as, and he's got like the eye patch and the robotic arm. And oh, no, I don't think this. I've seen that. Oh man, you need to Google it because it made me want to like the Imperial Fists. I already like them, so that's enough for me. Maybe after the episode, you'll have to find it and send it to me. I, I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll post it. You, it's it's really good. You like so you like the Ultramarines? There's a there's a little bit of a selfish reason in there. But there's also just bit. like you like their military mentality. Yes. Hmm. I can get um, that. Yeah. Uh, some chapters are cool, but others just like take it a little over the top with their flavor. Yeah. Um, their flavor. Are you talking about Black Templar, Mark? No, no, no. That's fine. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like some are just like uh, a little too over the top, a little too unrealistic, which is a weird thing to say in 40K. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example of one. No, I, I think the I think the greatest appeal of the Ultramarines is that they're the most relatable. Yeah, of all yeah. the chapters out there, not everyone wants to relate to space Vikings. You know? Exactly, sure. but everyone. Oh my god! Like everyone can relate to the generic idea of like a noble, military, honorable, respectful force. Like yeah, they're built so well like suited for that generic role and not even saying that they are generic but it's like it's what you'd expect the perfect soldier to be is the ultramarines and and i think that's why a lot of people really gravitate toward them yeah so yeah that's a perfect example is the space wolves i've said that and you even like shuddered they take it a little over the top i don't i don't i don't care for the space wolves (laughs) and i'm sorry but i have 
yet to have a decent interaction with someone who is a Space Wolf fan. <laughs> are they always whiffing at you or yeah. something? Yeah, are they smelling your <laughs> head or what? Okay, so I I told the story on the Discord a couple days ago, but um, I'll, I'll shorten it up for you guys. But I was at my local hobby store picking up the Space Marine half of the Shadow Spear box. Yeah. And I was walking past uh, these guys that were playing, and one was Space Wolves. And if, if I see good models, I'm going to comment on them. Yeah. Because... I feel like that's something that our hobby is really good at, but that's the, at the same time really terrible at, like not commenting enough. And I was like, hey, man, those are some really cool models. Yeah. Um, and, and it was like the first army I'd ever seen where everyone was painted and based. Wow. But anyway. That's rare. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and so he was like, oh, hey, cool, thanks. And then he saw my my Shadow Spear thing. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, Space Marines, what are you going to do? And I was like, Ultramarines. And then, like, that's where it started. He was like, <laughs> oh, ultramarines. Okay. And I was like, and normally I just let it go, but I was feeling froggy. So I was like, oh. <laughs> I was feeling froggy. Had a couple of Yeah, I was in feeling here. froggy, you know, <laughs> feeling froggy, leap. But anyway, I was like, well, what's wrong with the ultramarines? And he said the same generic stuff, you know, oh, they're vanilla. Oh, they're this and that. He yeah. brought up Matt Ward, which, full disclosure, I was not in the hobby with Matt Ward and I think it was what second edition codex where, so I don't know anything about that. Um, Cause I guess there's based on his writing, there's legitimate gripes about the ultra reads, but whatever <laughs> he brought that up. And then um, he, uh, he also brought up, he was like, Oh, you know, they break the codex and they're doing this and that. And I was like, well, hold on. I was like, their Primark wrote the codex. Like, I feel like he, if anyone is allowed to change it, right? Like, first of all, he's the most powerful man in the Imperium. Secondly, he's the author. You can, you can rewrite it. Yeah. Yeah. But I took it one step further and I was like, you're a space wolves fan. Like what? You can't get mad at someone for not following the codex person who didn't follow the codex <laughs> or, companies. or the edict of Nikea or the you know you have mutations we must murder you yeah um, and and i brought that up and he was just like i forget what he said but i was like all right dude i gotta leave because you're just <laughs> i i can't i can't argue with someone who is gonna like oh it, we started talking about um because i brought up that they they went to war with the inquisition and the gray knights yeah and he was like oh yeah they they really beat their ass and they had them running and i was like well first of all you guys caused trillions more deaths than there need <laughs> you to people be. like trillions of death you're you're not you guys yeah like come on and and at that point i was like i i gotta go like i can't I've already been here for too long. Yeah. I, I find the weird thing about Space Wolves, if you're going to be a Space Wolf player, you should lean into it. You, you you shouldn't be like, oh, I'm a Space Wolf. Like, we're such a good Marine. Like, no, no, no. Space Wolves are very bad at being Space Marines. <laughs> but they are very good at being Space Wolves. Sure, yes. I think, like, that's what you have to lean into. Like, who gives a shit? Like, a Space a space Wolf shouldn't care about the Codex. Yeah. But that just that also means that when they meet an Ultramarine player or an Imperial Fist, they should also not care that they don't do Space Wolf. Like, they sure. don't follow the Codex. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just, it seems weird to me that, like, that would be, like, uh, a complaint that a Space Wolf would have. Yeah, yeah. Right? They, they don't care about it, so why should they care if anyone else cares yeah. about it right like sure. that i don't know I, well if you're gonna be space well lean into <laughs> it 
put your so, walls so here's, up in. get wolf in. It, here's my two cents about that i think they do lean into it right because space wolves think that they're better than everyone right like 30k up to now you know it's always oh well we the space wolves we're gonna we're gonna watch over you yeah primark to make sure you're not doing anything to make sure you're not breaking the new uh edicts of ikea like yeah. they think they're better than everyone and so i think that i know i know i'm making so many people mad right now but you know <laughs> I, the space wolf players are like oh i'm better than you because i'm a space wolf player. <laughs> and then me being an ultramarine player like it's it's an easy target you know shoot your shot it's low-hanging fruit yeah. So, and space wolves are hypocrites, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the few chapters that I really would have a tough time wrapping myself around. Yeah, there's just it seems like it's been written by a couple people that um, very obviously disregarded many of the set things that represent space marines. Sure. And yeah. Those couple things grow and grow and grow until now you have something that is very different from what might have been their intentional yeah. Yeah. representation. And, and that's a little tough for me. Which is crazy because Space Vikings is such a cool concept. Yeah. And it's like you guys were so close like you were so close to being the coolest thing in this entire universe. And then you just took it like, so there's a line, right? And, and there's that line. What the space wolves did was they built a catapult and shot themselves across the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like space wolves in 30 K are really cool. Cause it's like, there's, they're more of that space Viking. Yeah. yeah. The, the space Viking is way better aspect than the space wolf. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's awesome. I'm carving runes yeah. in my armor and like the fetishes. I'm like, that is so cool. And, yeah. And and then you know they take it that extra step and oh he he growled in you know disbelief like what no <laughs> that reminds me of like they when I was canines. in first grade and, yeah Dude. we would pretend to be dogs in first grade like it's acceptable when you're four <laughs> it's not acceptable when you're a space marine <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> Our next, our next talking point. We can't <laughs> piss off too many space wolf players, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, instead, we're going to piss off me, and we're going to talk about why Primaris are the best. Yes. You you have you have one minute to sell me on Primaris. If not, off the podcast. I'm taking away your purple tag. <laughs> um, we can talk about this later. It'll kind of help my thing right now, but Primaris are the best because they are giving new life into the, the, the galaxy. They're giving new life into the hobby setting. Yeah. Um, they are bigger, better, stronger, faster technologic for all you Daft Punk fans out there. Um, and honestly, the son of God said, do it. So who are uh, we to argue uh, with that? Uh, um, we just released a Primaris episode and the one thing I took away from it was definitely that, like, that breath of new new air, that breath of hope in 40k that the Primaris bring. Um, we mm -hmm. talked about it a little bit, but yeah, that was the one thing where I'm like, yeah, that is kind of nice actually. I don't, I don't if, like how they did it. If only that it gets set up to be squashed later. Sure, sure, right. <laughs> like so, so we can circle back to that because I have a theory and I think it's awesome, but um and. I, I was listening to the Primaris episode before this, and you mentioned, and I think you hit it on the head, that um, their lore started out wonky and full of holes, but it's been, what, two years now? 
I think they've kind of maybe not acceptably, but they've patched a lot of those holes now. It's getting um, better and better the more they write. Because I remember when they first came out and I'd be talking to you about it, I would have like three talking points and you'd be like, no, shut your mouth. That is no, unacceptable. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like I, I would and, bring up the and point. And now there's only that, one talking point that I'm unacceptable. And that's I remember. Oh, (laughs) I had brought up the point of well, yeah, you know they they had all these Primaris Marines come, but they they didn't do well. Like, and you meant you touched on it in the episode, like they were slaughtered in the beginning. Yeah, because, um, but yeah, I I like Primaris lore setting. I like them. Um, I like some of the interactions that the authors have done with. Primaris Marines and the the old Marines. Um, I like them in the tabletop setting. I think the the models are, and I think this is something we can all agree on. The models are slick. They look really, really good. People people um, always say I have to agree on that. I disagree. You I, don't think the professor? I, I, I think say you one have of to their agree. models is cool. I think like ninety percent of their range is dorky as fuck. What what's the one model? Is it the intercessor? Yeah, their original base yeah. intercessor with the bull rifle, amazing. so good. But the rest of them, is, uh, okay, I find just janky and weird about. I, not that. all of them. Not so vehicles. Vehicles I get past the grav, because personally, I'm not a fan of grav with space marines. Yep. But if you okay, sure, grav is there. Yep. The vehicles look cool. Sure. Too many guns, sure. obviously. Do, <laughs> do they look cooler than a land raider? necessarily maybe that I, that's a, an aesthetic question sure. i think do you like the track sure stuck in the past or do you yeah. like embracing the new technology that like the kit itself looks good whether you yeah. think it fits space marines or not that's yeah. a value it's your judgment right yeah but, yeah, yeah but i do agree that there are some models in the primaris range that i yeah. i think are silly i think silly is the best word for me to describe them because yeah they're well done they're crisp, they're clean. I get what they're going for. Yeah. I still think it's silly. Yeah. So I, I I misspoke. I'm sorry. I said their models look slick. I some of them do look slick, but yeah, some of them are really odd, like the um incessors. Like those those look kind of weird. I meant like that the the sculpts themselves, like the quality oh, of the sure, model sure. looks the looks a lot better. The are way better. Definitely. Sure, yeah. Yes. I, I like the proportions. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, I agree with Eric. I like I like the grav tank, the grav part of it. I'm kind of, mm, but I do like it. Um, but I'm also a progress guy. <laughs> I love progress. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I, my overall rating, I'm gonna give him a four point five. F- flukels? Four point five flukels? Nar narbucks. Narbucks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. Out of a million. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, it's a you count backwards on this scale. So you know what? Every single time we mention Primaris, Mark is salty a little less, (laughs) and and a little less, and he concedes one more thing every time you mention it. If you give us three, four more years, Uh you're you're going to be singing Primaris's praises. I can feel it. Like really, Larhammer has all just been therapy for me to get over primaris there there is a very real coincidence of when we started and when primaris were released so you know eventually i'll work through my issues <laughs> about the time that they released the primaris primaris marine that's right uh, we came up with the term it's superis primaris superis primaris yes. yeah yeah i like it um 
So our next talking point is <laughs> why is Robbie G <laughs> the best Primark to save the Imperium? Once again, sell me on this. We need you on the podcast more often, Woody, just so there's another person to argue with Mark. Uh-huh. I argue with Mark all the time, and it's it's the highlight of my... I'm sad that I can't have my phone at work because I used to <laughs> send him messages all day, every day. You would send him mixed um, messages. <laughs> oh, my. Also, also, also that. Um, no, we our relationship had to build into that. I asked him how he was doing one time, and he was like, shut up. Don't talk to me like that. The, the mixed message was you telling him that you were an Ultramarine fan. <laughs> I like that. Joke. He was like, "Wait, but I thought we were friends." <laughs> but but uh, okay, yeah, frenemies. So Raboot Gilliman, why do you think he's the best? I think Raboot Gilliman is the best initial Primarch to save the Imperium to bring them out of their dark age because he was again the most vanilla. He wasn't. He didn't lean any one way of like anger or uh, I'm just going to go take the fight to the enemy. Yeah. Um, he was very practical, very, you know, I mean, that's yeah, kind like, of the joke of Ultramarines is theoretical, practical. Uh, he's a logistics genius. Um, yeah. Like uh, Lionel Johnson, like amazing war master, not really amazing at running the day to day of the yeah. Imperium. In fact, he yes. hated that. Yeah. Sanguinius, yeah. very charismatic, yeah. super personable, is he the best for crunching numbers on no, how he's dead? Right. Yeah. So, absolutely. Not yet. Vul <laughs> so take Vulcan then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like the, the most, is he the best war leader? Like to command thousands of campaigns at once? Like maybe not. Right. Like, yeah. no, I, I do agree with you. And I'm pretty sure we've, we might've said this before, but I think so. Reboot's generic ability, like the fact that he's just r well rounded. Yeah. Definitely makes him the best choice. Yeah. Other than Rogaldorn. Like, well, <laughs> Rogaldorn comes back. He's just like, let's go on an eternal crusade. That's right. Yeah. And then they do that forever, which is fun until it's not. And everyone dies out because well, you're crusading well, all day, every day. <laughs> it's, it's fun until he runs into the Iron Warriors and then never leaves that planet. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with uh, He is the best. He's the most well-rounded and best at every. Well, not the best at everything. No, but he is the best fit. Yeah. He is good enough at everything, and and I like that about him. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I mean, good enough for a Primark. Like he's still <laughs> yes, he's still better it, than any of us at everything. <laughs> yes, um, but I think going forward, I'd like to see some other other Primarchs come back. But um, I I've also. If if anyone's read the actual like Dark Imperium, the Plague Wars, uh, whatever Dark Imperium Two is, um, Bobby Robbie G is actually evolving, and and I I'm really interested to see how that story goes. Yeah, no, that's kind of cool that he's actually changing. Yes, losing a lot of faith in the Imperium. <laughs> I do like that. Man, he, he's had some of my favorite quotes of all time in 40K. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the whole when he wakes up, he's like, why do I still live? Like, why have you yeah, brought, me, why back have you brought me back like this? Yeah. yeah. Or, or the other one. Yeah. Man, just that. That was that was a badass scene when he gets up off the throne and he's just like, don't know what's going on, but I see a lot of black fighting a lot of blue. Let's just go on a murder spree. <laughs> and he does. Yeah. Um. So you have a crazy conspiracy. No, you have your, what would you call this? Your orcs versus nids fighting. Uh, ideal oh, man, outcome? I think my theory. 
you know what? My 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 resetting the four resetting the 40k setting back to pre-eighth edition with okay. all the eighth edition assets still in play. Um so I forget what planet it was or what system it was, but you guys had mentioned it on one of your episodes where the orcs and tyranids are basically fighting an eternal war and or an eternal battle. And it's gotten so big that like through the power of the wah or whatever, orcs are like, I don't know why, but I want to go here. And then they get there and they're like, Oh yeah, it's crumping time. Um, so my theory is, you know, it, it's documented that the more orcs fight, the bigger they get. Yeah. The, the more Tyranids fight the same enemy, the more they adapt. Um, so it's reasonable to assume orcs are getting bigger, stronger, smarter. Tyranids are getting bigger, stronger, smarter. Um, so my theory is that they fight and fight and fight until all of a sudden uh, we have prime orcs and we have prime nids, I guess. Prime <laughs> orc size nids. Yeah. Um, and but it's not just one prime orc. It's like now you have a bunch of prime orcs, uh, like the beast series times a hundred. Um, and eventually the orcs win out because the nids are just they're running out of um, biomass because orcs are getting bigger. They're not killing them as fast. Nids run out of biomass. That a takes care of the fact that the nids should have swept the galaxy under the rug <laughs> uh-huh. like five seconds after they showed up. But oh no, now we have basically a beast event. And during the time of them fighting, um, more Primarchs have come back. And I don't know who's come back, but you know, more Primarch, Primarchs have come back. So now the Imperium's like, oh my god, look, we're saved. All these sons of the Emperor are back. And enough of them come back and they rally the Imperium and they get everything good to where um, they push back Chaos. They banish the, the Chaos Primarchs back to the warp or whatever. They, they close the rift or the closest they can do to close the rift. So now we have almost a, a full strength imperium fighting crazy primorphs and they um then the details you know they that would be in the authors for the writing but eventually the orcs are slowly pushing the imperium back to the home world and i mean <laughs> space marines are taking heavy losses primarchs are dying <laughs> to the point where uh-huh. eventually eventually the imperium wins but at the cost of all the primarchs, mm-hmm. all the prime orcs are dead. Like the orc threat is defeated for now, but now all the primarchs are dead. And the space marine legions, because let's face it, it's legions now, are decimated, like back to like barely even chapter strength. Um, and for all you grimdark people out there, imagine being in the Imperium, seeing all these sons of Jesus or God come back and then die. Yeah. It it forces the Imperium back into a dark age. The uh, Adeptus Ministorum is like, see, it's because you guys weren't faithful. Mm-hmm. So the religion, the religious, a- the religious aspect of it takes over again. And then, so lore wise, boom, you're back to to pre eighth edition where everything is grim dark. The Imperium's on the back foot. You're gonna have to just accept Primaris. I'm sorry, they're not going away, <laughs> but the Primarchs are going away. Um, the the tyranid threat is going away because even a splinter f- fleet of tyranids is is still a threat but it it gives a little more credence to why they haven't taken over the galaxy yet so so my only question would be um why do you hurt me <laughs> um, i'm sorry 
I think it would be awesome. <laughs> what? Sorry, what happened? I think I missed it. What happens to chaos in this battle? Oh, so I. Well, so while the orcs and the Tyranids are fighting, um, the Imperium, like they fight and push back chaos. They banish them back to the warp for a thousand years or whatever the rules of the warp are. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mainly focusing on the orc and Tyranid aspect of it. Ah. Um, you'd have to, you'd have, because I'm, I'm. <sighs> I love it, but I'm also kind of tired of Imperium Chaos. Like yeah. it's, it seems to me that, and granted, it's my choice that that's what I read, but it seems to me like that's that's all you see on the tabletop anymore. Yeah. Is, is, and I before everyone goes, well, it's because that's what GW is pushing. I'm aware. I'm <laughs> yeah, aware yeah. that all these other factions are not getting, you know, releases. But again, Ultramarines don't have to worry about that. Because uh, you get all the releases, <laughs> I get all the releases, baby. Um, but yeah, so and, and that could that could be another huge thing too. Is like a huge. Well, we're kind of already leaning into it, but a huge yeah. um, uh, aspect of the lore is Imperium Chaos, and then you could have another huge aspect of Orc and Nids, and you could have another huge aspect of um, the Silent King is awakening, and the Eldar are you know Yanari just came back, so it's like, well, okay, now they're gonna fight because they're like. Hey, remember that one time war in heaven type deal? Yeah, let's duke it out. Yeah. Um, so I, I just I feel like it's it's setting up. I feel like Games Workshop and Black Library are setting us up for like just this awesome just battle royale type <laughs> mosh pit of fighting. And I think that the end game could be it resets the setting. Hmm. That that's a long workaround answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's not on you. It's Mark's call. also airtight. <laughs> uh, so do you do you like the idea of prime orcs then? In general, you want to see them kind of come into being? Prime orcs. Prime orcs. That's yes. maybe what I said. I do I do like that idea because um I feel like orcs are laughed at more often i don't i feel like people don't take orcs seriously and we i had this conversation uh on the discord because whenever people think of the orcs they're like oh it's grump and die yeah and, you know, they're dumb and they you've got like this cockney accent and you know they're and but when you think about it orcs are actually terrifying oh yes um so i think i think the most terrifying thing would be prime orcs and and a smart orc is terrifying in the beast series the orcs send an ambassador to terra and like that orc is disappointed in the high lords and (laughs) to me that was one of the most scary terrifying things of that whole series you have an orc who's like we gave you guys a chance you you really disappoint me and you're like wait a minute you're an orc what are you what are you talking about yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we definitely have talked about that recently, even with Dylan, about the fact that like orcs aren't they don't seem to be taken seriously outside of the universe. And that like yeah. it kind of it kind of ruins a lot of not well, maybe not ruins, but it uh it distracts changes from yeah, the brutality of That's it all. exactly it distracts. It takes away from how absolutely terrifying orcs are. Yeah. 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 Because the Beast series, for anyone who's read it, or not read it rather, it does a really good job of making the orcs scary again. Yeah. Like, you know, they have slave pens of humans so that they can eat them. And, you know, they've ripped out all their teeth and they force feed them like gruel. And, you know, the Space Marines walk in on this scene and even the Space Marines are like, oh my God. And you're like, 
that's insane. <laughs> but nowadays it's like, oh, haha, look at this dumb orc and his stupid accent. Let me yeah. throw a rock and kill him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm mixed on the prime orcs. Prime orcs? Prime orcs. Mm. I, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I'd have to say no to prime orcs. <laughs> We're gonna have to uh, give you an X. <laughs> oh no! I just no. I don't. Um, if there were primorchs, I would not want to see a tabletop representation of them. Oh no! Absolutely not. But I know that so many people would like the majority. I, mm, I don't know the majority. They would sell. Okay. Oh yeah. People would buy yes. them if Games Workshop made them, and so Games Workshop would obviously at that point make them and, and i think that would be a big thing a no thing for me is i don't want to see these big orc models on the tabletop i always just struggle what's the difference between a really big fucking war boss and a prime orc intelligence i think yeah but like there are intelligence basically. war bosses like i think i think I it's know. like it's higher intelligence sure, sure. that's like war bosses are tactical and they can even have foresight and make very rational and shrewd decisions. Yeah. But are they solving philosophical equations? Are they solving hunger? Are they, um, I don't know, are they establishing like 50 years in advance trade routes or yeah. forging alliances? Or I don't know, like that seems to be something that never happens with orcs. Yeah. And I think that's the level. It, it turns orcs away from a horde yeah. into a new race, just like Tau or humanity or something like that. And I think, I don't know, I think that takes away from some orkiness. There are like For sure. orc empires, so. Absolutely. That, that would have that Absolutely. kind of thing. Right, but are they building like beautifully architectural spires oh, with pleasing oh. like, <laughs> oh, okay. right? Like that's, oh. that's intelligence, right? Whereas they're sure. just building things ramshackle. Like, yes, they have empires with 50 planets. All, all of the, beautiful. <laughs> all of those 50 planets in the empire look the same, just like trash. Sure. Right? That's the difference, I sure, think. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Well, what is there any other things you you've always wanted to tell me um, now that we have you on. So any deep, dark secrets you want to share to the world? Um, Tao have been possessed. I mean, you've kind of covered that recently, but when I first found out about it, you guys were arguing about whether it was possible. So there have been demon possessed Tao. Apparently. Um, the ethereals, I don't believe that their control over the Tao uh, is psychic. Ah, good man. Because um, in the Commissar Kane <laughs> series, uh, his aid is a blank. Yeah. And they interact with Tao all the time. And when they walk into the blank field, I guess, yeah. the Tao aren't like, oh, oh ethereal, what? Yeah. Um, is he a blank or a pariah? Uh, he, so oh, warp same. energy is there's a no he's like a sister of silence okay, there's a no okay, field around pariah. Him. okay yeah. blanks are used as like they absorb psychic things that are aimed at them so inquisitors use, use them as like shields but they don't create nearly okay. the same dampening field effect that pariahs okay. do okay but do um, they still both still do a field that's like saying no 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 i think like they literally have to get in the way of psychic attacks 
I, like, I think they physically have to do it. Like, blanks, I, I think if you pass a blank on the street, you might not know it. But if you pass a pariah on the street, you definitely feel it, even if you aren't a psyker. But I think if you're not a psyker and you pass a blank, you might not know it. It's just, I think it's just a level difference. Yeah, but... What if the bubble is the, only 30, 30 centimeters around you? Yeah, but ultimately, they're the exact same thing, just... No, because I don't think Sisters of Silence would accept blanks into their ranks. I think they, they are specifically do. pariahs. They're, okay, well, I don't want to get into this Sure, right yeah. No yeah. <laughs> need right now. Not, not in front uh. of somebody new. <laughs> it's like watching the old married couple fight and you yeah. just stand there awkwardly. Um, I'm, I'm loving it. I Fight away. <laughs> now, uh. I think I got one quote here. Um, that basically sums up how I feel about this podcast. I will tweak one word in it, uh, but we'll leave you on this note. What more do you want from me? I gave everything I had to you, to them. Look what they've <laughs> made of our dream. This bloated, rocking, rotting carcass of an empire is driven not by reason and hope, but by fear, hate, and ignorance. Better we had burned in the fires of Eric's ambition. We <laughs> all live to see this. So that pretty much sums up how I feel about Lorehammer right now and <laughs> what it's become. This is your ambition, not mine. <laughs> uh, well, Woody, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Joining us. Yeah, it was awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. Real quick, I did Mark promise Marcy that I would ask you to say garage. Grish. Because she, Great. for some reason, loves the way that you say garage. Yeah, garage. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Is that weird? Garage. Um, garage. 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 Well, now that I've said it a hundred times. Garage. <laughs> and a garage to you. <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys so much for having me. It was awesome. Um, I have been wanting to get on the podcast for a while. You guys are the best. Yeah. It, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like uh, you actually had a pl- a trip to plan up here, planned to come visit us at the end of April, but now with all this corona, it's like fuck. Yep. Hashtag Rona twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, hopefully you still make it up eventually. So we'll have you on again when you do. It's, it's still planned for it. Yeah. Very cool. All right, buddy. You take her easy. Thank you, Woody. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone.